0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
1: If you're enjoying Unwell, you should also check out World Gone Wrong, the new show from the Unwell team. World Gone Wrong is a cozy chat show hosted by best friends Malik and Jamie set in a wildly fictional world. Malik and Jamie were roommates when the world ended. Now, separated by half the country, literal acid rain, werewolves, aliens, and more, they start a chat podcast to stay in touch and work through the increasing uncertainty of their new apocalyptic reality. Each week, Jamie and Malik will tackle topics like, Should I change my office hours to accommodate vampire students? What if the body snatcher that took over my ex is nice? When did the kudzu start humming like that? Malik and Jamie are here to help. World Gone Wrong stars Michael Turrentine, who plays Wes in Unwell, and Hillary Williams, who plays Joey. Learn more at audaciousmachinecreative.com and stay tuned for a trailer at the end of the episode. Listen to World Gone Wrong wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, Eleanor here. Welcome back. Thanks for your patience during our mid-season break. We are now prepped and ready to release the second half of the season between now and September, and we are so excited to share it with you. But I have a favor to ask you today. We are running a survey of our listeners. This helps us know who you are and how you listen. Sometimes making a podcast feels like shouting into the void, but I know that we're not. We're talking to you, and you're a real person with a life and a perspective, and we want to know who you are. So to fill out the survey, you can go to fableandfolly.com slash survey. We'll also post this on our various social medias. You can find it there. But again, that survey is at fableandfolly.com slash survey. Got that? fableandfolly.com slash survey. And thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself with us.
2: This is a story of family, and loss. Time to get up. Uh, Eliza and Lyle was the second youngest of five children. In order, Marcus, Lucille, Charles, Eliza, and Lena. Born to Calvin and Eudora Lyle. Morning. Hey, can I check your
3: statistic answers? Not copying or anything. I'm like 99% sure that I got them right, except for 22 and 31. And five was
2: so easy, I'm sure it's a trick. She was, by at least four accounts I can find, and I quote, the oddest duck in a family of crackpots and fools, end quote.
3: To whom it may concern, if you're reading this, it is early in the morning and you're trying to talk to me. You made a card? Most of the quotes I could find were from Warrens. Look, I know the 730 rule, but last week, last week, you broke it when you needed me to handwrite all the commas in your English paper because of your stupid feud with Miss Baker over the Oxford comma. Okay, fine, you didn't talk, you wrote it. Which, which is more difficult and requires more cogent thought early in the morning than speaking. So, you didn't break the letter of the rule, but you did break the spirit of it. No, I can't just check the answers in the back of the book. That's
2: cheating. Eliza never had any intention of staying at home. Nor should she have. With three older siblings, two of whom both self and society identified as male, with all the expectations and inheritance law that came with it at the time, there was no reason to think she would ever have to deal with the family business.
3: Mom and Dad say good luck with the science fair.
2: I don't believe in luck.
3: Specifically, they said, we know you don't believe in luck, but good luck anyway. Hmm. I'll tell them you said thanks.
2: Because of this, it is possible she did not pay as close attention as she should have. Things were... lost. Are you coming to the science fair? They're making me. Fine. Hey, Gail! Over here! See you
3: after school.
0: Yeah. Hey, look, it's the... Hello, Abby. Time to learn. CO2 won't be so fucking H two O. Six. 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 Six.
2: Because Eliza didn't want to be just one of the Lyle's. She wanted to go someplace where she could be Eliza. Gail. Go away. I'm sorry. Did mom tell you to say that? Dad. (laughs) Fuck off. It's just a school project. You put me up on your stupid fucking cardboard poster board and I put us both up there.
3: Yeah, but you didn't even tell me. You didn't even ask. Mom told you to stop the twin studies in 6th grade.
2: And I did. This is merely a consolidation of the data along with other available records to refute current pseudo-scientific thinking regarding twins.
3: You had pictures of me sleeping. Close-ups up my nose.
2: Unrelated. That was a sleep study I did on us last year. What? I have insomnia. You just hit the bed and pass out. I wanted to see if I could learn something. And you learned that I snore? No, I already knew that. I have ears. And now, so does
3: the entire school. And if you make it to regionals or sectionals, those schools will know too. Hell, Abby, let's shoot for the moon and see if you can make it so that everyone in goddamn Vermont knows the details of my deviated septum. People are going to be snoring at me for the next two years. That's just high
2: school. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter?
3: It doesn't matter? What about the fact that my sibling thinks I'm fucking stupid? Does that matter?
2: That was not my conclusion.
3: You had our report cards going back to fucking preschool.
2: Technically pre-K. Graphs marking
3: our educational progress. Up here, here is Abby, and way down there at the bottom
2: is Gail. Within the average to slightly above average group of our peers. Stupid. Average. You mean normal. What's wrong with that? Because I know how you feel
3: about normal people, Abby.
2: (laughs) Gail. Eliza Lyle moved to Cleveland in 1888, where she became a prominent member of the suffrage movement, being arrested on at least three occasions under her real name and at least two more under pseudonyms. She met and married Gregory Fenwood, a dime novel printer who let her make pamphlets for free. It was widely known that she was the basis for his most successful character, the Siren of Scoville Road, a wild and tempestuous thief and murderess, out for revenge against high society 'er ne'er-do-wells.
4: And what is the relevance of this?
2: You asked how I've been since our last session. This is what I've been researching. Uh Uh-huh. Eliza didn't get to see her sister before she died.
4: Her sister died?
2: Lena. Tuberculosis. The entire family succumbed within a few years, but... Lena was the first to get sick, and Eliza didn't get back in time.
4: That must have been very hard for her.
2: From her journal, she spent many years in... Spiritualist exercises, trying to contact Lena beyond the grave.
4: She must have felt a great deal of regret.
2: I do not care to speculate.
4: No. But you could admit that it is possible, even likely based on the evidence at hand, that she regretted not seeing her sister one last time.
2: I suppose. It's possible.
4: And what about your sister? Did you call her yet?
2: No. I mean... I called. She's screening my calls. I'm sorry. I screen hers, too. It's fine. Mental health. This week has been about a four out of ten.
4: Ten being the worst of the panic attacks?
2: Ten being everything is fine. Yay. Ah.
4: How many did you have this week? A few. A few being, I know you keep count.
2: Four. And a half. A half? I managed to calm myself down before it got too bad.
4: That's good. And you had some days without any at all. Also good.
2: If you want to take the glass half full view of things, sure.
4: I just want to make sure we acknowledge the positive as well, since I know you probably won't otherwise. True. And you still have no idea what's triggering them? No. Okay. Do you know and are just not comfortable telling me?
2: Yes. Okay.
4: But you do know what they are, which at least you know. That's positive. Are you able to avoid these situations?
2: Sometimes. Okay. Some of it... Some of it is bound up in the research I've been doing. And some of it is environmental. Like the boarding house? Like the town.
4: I understand. How is the wolf problem going? I wanted to ask.
2: Oh, it's going.
4: That must be scary. Wolves just wandering around like that.
2: I can handle wolves.
4: Stressful, then. It can't be easy, having to be constantly on guard.
2: I'm trans. I'm used to it.
4: And a new, unexpected stressor can't be helpful on top of what you already deal with. It might even worsen those usual sources of anxiety.
2: I... suppose.
4: As long as you acknowledge it. Do you feel comfortable telling me about the incident yet? No. Okay, that's fine. Just wanted to check in.
2: I had a dream. Tell me about it. I was... I was at a place I used to work. And... People there were wrong. They changed. Changed is the wrong word. They extended, contorted, into monsters. That sounds childish. No,
4: it doesn't. Go on.
2: It does, though. They weren't like Lon Chaney, ooh, monsters. They were indescribable, grotesque, inhuman things. And they were chasing me, trying to kill me think. And I was running down this long hallway I had been down a million times, and I couldn't find the exit. It just got longer and longer and longer, and I had to lock myself in the bathroom. I, I was safe, but I knew they were still there, waiting, and I knew eventually I would have to open the door and go back out there. And when I did...
4: Was that the end of the dream?
2: No but that was the significant part.
4: Sounds like a pretty bad nightmare. Sure. Have you had this dream before?
2: No. But it has been recurring. Always the same? Sometimes... Sometimes I don't get away.
4: And after you have these dreams, would you say your days are better or worse? Worse. There are some techniques we could try to get these dreams under control. First of all, getting plenty of sleep at a consistent time. (laughs) It does help, though. There is also imagery rehearsal therapy, which you can do on your own. You would take a few minutes during the day to replay the dream in your head and change the ending to something better.
2: Like, everyone gets ice cream.
4: That is one way. Or you open the bathroom door and you're somewhere else. Somewhere you feel safe. The library. And you go over to the card catalogs.
2: Libraries don't have those anymore.
4: No, but it's a dream and I know you prefer them.
2: I do prefer them.
4: And you flip through to some old first edition primary source you've always wanted to look at and find where it is and go and lose yourself in the stacks.
2: That would be better.
4: So, you practice that when you're awake, when you're meditating or doing breathing exercises. Maybe write it down and then hopefully it reduces the number of nightmares you have. It
2: doesn't actually change the nightmares?
4: Just the frequency. But fewer nightmares equals less stress, maybe fewer panic attacks, maybe a few more good days than bad. It all adds up.
2: And if it doesn't work?
4: We try something else. Oh. What is it?
2: Gail is calling me. You should probably take it. But we're in the middle of the session. We can end a little early. I still have time left.
4: If you want, if it isn't a long conversation and you get done before our session would end, call me back and we can discuss it. Otherwise, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Good luck.
2: Hello? Hello? Abby. Gail.
4: I, uh... I didn't think that
2: you would pick up. I called you.
3: Yeah. Um, did you need something? How are you? (laughs) Small talk. Really?
2: I genuinely am asking.
3: I'm fine. Brandon is fine. Simon is too, but the parasitic organism is no longer leeching off my body, so you should be pleased. I'm sorry. Whatever. Anyway, what is it you wanted?
2: I... am not fine. Oh. Yeah, and I... It made me realize that I have not always been the best sibling.
3: Are you... okay? Like, okay, okay? I'm okay. Like, you're not... dying, are you?
2: No, I'm not dying.
3: Is there someone I need to punch?
2: No. No. I just... Certain events reminded me of you and made me realize that I regretted not seeing you and the reasons I hadn't seen you. Uh,
3: Me getting mom and dad to disinvite you from Christmas?
2: Before that, I... I do not show affection well. I'm aware,
3: but... What does that have to do with... When we were
2: young, I thought by including you in things I wanted to do, that was affection. But I did not always consider your feelings or comfort or permission. I did not respect your boundaries. Sometimes I took you for granted and took advantage of the fact that you were my sister and therefore familially obligated to deal with me. And so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. You don't have to be. I know
3: who you are, Abby. I've always known. Just like I've always known what it means when you say affection and how you show it. It's just... Sometimes I chose to forget. So... So I'm sorry. And I love you, too.
2: You will at least concede that I am right, and I have been difficult. Oh!
3: are absolutely a pain in the ass to deal with. Thank you. But I am familially obligated to deal with you. Thank you. So, uh, what are you working on?
2: You don't want to listen to my research.
3: But you absolutely want to tell me about your research, so spill.
2: Fine. Let me tell you about Eliza Fenwood. I think you'll like her.
1: This episode features...
2: Kathleen Hoyle as Abby. Julia Shaffini
3: as Gail. June Thiel as Dr. Kells. by Jim McDonnell
1: Sound design by Jeffrey Nils Gardner Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner Music composed by Stephen Poon Recording engineer Mel Ruder Unwell lead sound designer Eli
0: Hamada McElveen Executive producers Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner
1: By HeartLife NFP And a special thank you to our supporting producers Calico Davis Steve Diamond Adam Goodman J.D. Horn Nick Keenan Carolyn Koskasten Megan McLean, Alex Rivas, and Caitlin White. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land.
0: Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples.
1: Hello, hello, I'm Malik. I'm Jamie. And this is World Gone Wrong, where we discuss the unprecedented times we're living through.
0: Can your manager still schedule you for night shifts after that werewolf bit you?
1: My ex-boyfriend was replaced by an alien body snatcher, but I think I like him better now. Who is this dude showing up in everyone's
3: old pictures?
1: My friend says the sewer alligators are reading maps now.
3: When did the kudzu start making that humming sound?
1: We are just your normal millennial roommates processing our feelings about a chaotic world in front of some microphones. World Gone Wrong, a new fiction podcast from Audacious Machine Creative, creators of Unwell, a Midwestern gothic mystery. Learn more at audaciousmachinecreative.com.
0: Find World Gone Wrong in all the regular places you find podcasts.
1: I love you so much. I mean, you could like up the energy a little bit. You could up
0: the energy.
3: I actually don't take notes. Ah! (laughs) That was good.
4: (laughs) I'm just kidding. You sounded great. So did you. (laughs)